we were talking about Jesus. What, Jorge, what did we talk about last week? Jason, what, do you, what did we talk about last week? Oh, Jason. Oh, Jason. Let me just go to my trump card. Let me go to, to Josie. Josie, what did, we, what did we talk about last week? Okay, boom, Jade. Jade, give a hand clap for Jade. Come on. Awesome. Amen. So last week, we learned about the prophecies of the crucifixion, how Jesus suffered, and how it was God's will, and how every, everything in the Bible was leading up to that point. And understanding it's God's will to cause Christ to suffer, we're going to learn about how we share in his suffering. We share his sufferings. Now, that's a weird thing. That's not something you share. You grow up learning, you know, from Barney, sharing is caring. But, you know, Barney never said, hey, man, you know, share your sufferings, right? It was always like, you know, share your candy, right? You know, if you got a sandwich, cut the sandwich in half, share the other half with your friend, right? But here's the thing, right? This is one thing you guys are all going to go through, right? Actually, there's, there's two things, and this is, a, this is a funny line that's been used a lot. Three things in life that are promised, all right, death, taxes, and you getting preached to by, for Jesus. <laughs> the last one is always add on. You just add it on. But death and taxes, okay? But I want to throw something else. There's suffering instead of death. Suffering happens to everybody, okay? Everyone literally suffers. And then some people suffer in their own way. Some people, you know, they stub their toe and they cry for hours, right? That's some suffering, you know? If you've ever stubbed your toe, it's a really bad thing. But then some people, right, they, they literally, you know, they, they get beaten. They get bruised. They get abused by their parents their whole life. They suffer. Uh, they get arrested unfairly. There are people that suffer in this world. Some of us, we have stories of how we suffered, okay? So everyone suffers. Today, we're going to talk about suffering at the hands of others, okay? If you want to know why, you know, like the baby, innocent baby suffers, right? You know, you can come to me and you can talk to me about that if you have that type of question. But today, we're going to be talking about how we suffer at the hands of others as Christians because people always say life is hard. And, you know, like this is a cliche. You know, people, like, automatically say life is hard. Like, everybody... Nobody would really agree, disagree with that. Then, they would say, then people are always saying you have to find happiness as if we all start from a point of suffering. Matter of fact, suffering is some of the first things we really feel. We really understand. That's like our earliest memories is like about suffering, bad things that happen. The worst things in life seem to be the most memorable. It's almost like this is a part of our human condition, and of course it is. That's what happens, you know, when we live in a fallen world. Suffering is a big thing. And you have different religions, right, that are pointing to you on how to deal with suffering, on how to escape suffering, on how to imagine suffering doesn't exist. And they're trying to tell you these different things, you know, it doesn't have to be religion, different people. Yeah, but, but here's the thing, though, is that Jesus suffered. Christ suffered. So when we think about suffering... We have to understand that even though some people come to Christ to escape suffering, the only thing you'll really find is relief and joy in suffering. I'll say that again. You may try to escape suffering, right, your problems, your pain, everything, by coming to Jesus like everything's going to get better. 
Like, you got bad grades. You're failing math. You're failing science. Your parents are whooping you because of it. You think you come to Jesus. All of a sudden now, my grades are going to automatically get better. They could if you listen to Jesus. But that still might go on. You might be going through things with your parents. Your parents are always verbally abusing you, verbally abusing you. You think when you come to Christ, automatically she's going to change. People are going to tell you you look pretty in the morning. People are going to shake your hand. But it doesn't happen that way. Matter of fact, you may even suffer more. So what are we to actually do? Are we to run away from the world? Are we to, to you know, start meditating on a hill our whole life? Are we to become a monk? Are we to all of a sudden start beating people off, whoever even looks at us wrong? So we make people suffer? Are we to become calloused and hard and, and really think like, man, I just hate the world? Are we, are we to be really, really, uh, really emo right now? I mean, back in the day, that's what people would call it. Really emo, where we're just like looking at the world like, the world is misery. But I'm... Okay, anime. But here's the thing, right? Are we supposed to be doing that? And the truth is, no, the Bible teaches us we're to rejoice in suffering. The Bible teaches that we are to suffer for good, and that even in suffering, we're to give God glory. So if we could turn to 1 Peter 4, 12 through 13, it says, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal, that means the fiery trial that has come onto you to test you. As though something strange were happening to you. But what? We'll do that again, right? Do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal, the fiery test that has come onto you to test you. As though something strange were happening to you. But, 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 and as much as you participate, that's a good word, participate in the sufferings of Christ. Pay attention to that. So that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. So I pray that God would just show us this. That God would show us how to rejoice in suffering. Because I've seen many elevators, many youth, many people that are, are, are grown, doesn't matter, all walks of life, how, so many years in the faith, something bad happens, they turn away from God. I was speaking to a family relative today, and she said that she had begun to turn away from God for two years, but recently she's been coming back to him. I don't know what she means by coming back to him, but I asked her, like, what? well, why, why are you coming back to him? Well, my life's been good. So automatically, the reason why she turned away from him to begin with was because she felt life was bad. And here's the thing, dude, there's always going to be something bad in life, right? So are we just going to keep turning back from Christ? No. We rejoice and suffering, that's a different perspective than what many people feel. Many people just ignore suffering, but Christians are called to rejoice in suffering. First Peter 4, 14, please. It's in rejoicing, right? A lot of people don't use that word anymore. There's a nice song about rejoicing, but rejoicing means a state or feeling of happiness. A state or a feeling of happiness. So a state of happiness or a feeling of happiness or to give to joy. To give to joy, almost like to give in to joy, right? So here's the whole thing, right? This is for all of you. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. So this is the whole thing. If you are insulted, right, because of the name of Christ, you are blessed for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Some background, who is writing this? Peter, right? Does anybody know what Peter did? We just learned about it today. 
He denied Jesus three times because someone was insulting him. Matter of fact, not just somebody. This was a little girl. A little girl was mocking Jesus. I mean, mocking Peter about following Jesus. Hey, you're that Galilean. You're that guy. You, you walk with Jesus. And she, he denied Peter. And, you know, he didn't bless them. He cursed them out. That's why Peter dropped a couple F-bombs in his language, probably. He probably said, you know what? You know, your mama's cursed. Your daddy's cursed. You don't even know your daddy, right? Like, probably went in like that instead of blessing them. And, 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 and this is Peter now telling us to have a different perspective. And here's the thing. The Bible's teaching us that if Christ suffered, he was insulted, what makes you think you're any better? What makes you think you're to go through any better? If our Savior, God in the flesh, was beaten and called names, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? And this is the whole thing is that we're, we're walking, we're to be Christians, right? Christians, we are to walk in the same steps as Christ. That means we're literally to walk in suffering. So you are going to be insulted. You are going to suffer. People are going to cause you to suffer. People are going to do things to you. They are going to call you lame. They are going to mock you. They're going to say, screw you, screw your church. I mean, Jason gets mocked, right, Jason? How many times you be cussed at for uh, preaching the gospel? More times than you can count. I even, I remember I was preaching to a homeless dude. I was smiling. I was like, hey, man, you know, Jesus loves you. He, he just yelled in my face, spit flying in my eye, and then he said, F you, and then put on his music. I don't even know how he had headphones or whatever. I don't know what he was listening to. And then he just walked away. And I wasn't doing anything wrong to him. I wasn't doing anything. So, so how do we rejoice in suffering? Because we learned last week that Jesus, he took the cross, and he didn't endure it like, dang, I got to die for these sinners, man. Freaking, man, dude, they just keep sinning all the time. I got to get on the cross. No, he had joy. He endured the cross with joy. That's kind of crazy. That's like that one friend, that, they just laugh when you hit them, and you can't, they don't get hurt. Like, anybody ever have that red one friend? I remember one time I used to, I used to slap box one of my friends. Every time I would get him hard, and I would hear it, he would just laugh. So now I would try to slap him again, and he still would laugh. And it was like, dang, you know? But, you know, it wasn't that kind of crazy. But we understand that Jesus, he had joy. He wasn't like, like sure, he was suffering, but he was able to rejoice. So how do we follow in that footsteps? How do we have joy? Well, Jesus knew what would happen after, and we have to think the same way. If you go to 2 Corinthians 4, 17, it says, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal reward that far outweighs them all. This is the whole thing. Your suffering, if no one's ever told you this, your suffering, your depression, your anxiety is like this compared to the glory that God has for you. Compared to the joy that God has for you. The things you're going through, literally, right, for, for Christ. I'm not talking about if you're in sin and you're suffering for that. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But you being mocked at your schools, you being dis, uh, dis, uh, 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 ignored from friends, being laughed at, being told you're lame, saying, man, you're not the same person anymore. You being threatened for preaching the gospel. All these things, people looking at you different, not acting the same way around you, all that is nothing. 
All that is nothing compared to the glory that awaits you. It's nothing. The glory of God. Literally, the glory means the beauty, the, the majesty, the, the what makes God awesome. That's what God is going to give us. So what makes God awesome, right, his presence, his glory, that's going to be given to us. That's like almost Michael Jordan, right, coming up to me. Everybody know I like basketball in here. It's like Michael Jordan coming, out of, uh, coming to me. He's like, listen, I'm just going to give you all my basketball skills. This is what makes me me. And all of a sudden now I start playing ball like Mike. But this is God, right, creator of the universe saying, I am going to give you my glory. I'm going to give you what makes me me. For our light and momentary troubles, these are minuscule. These are brief moments of suffering compared to the eternity with God. So when sharing in your sufferings with Christ, we can actually say things are going to get better. And that's where we get joy. We know things are not going to last. We know they're light and momentary troubles. But no one else can say that. I want, to, I want you guys to understand this. You, without Christ, cannot say things are going to get better. The positive mindset, like your parents, right, going through a divorce, your mom leaving your dad, you cannot say truthfully, honestly, things are going to get better. You, right, being mocked and ridiculed, suffering because people are mean to you, I cannot tell you with a true face, right, like with a smile on my face that things are going to get better for you if you don't know Christ. Because here's the thing, things can keep being bad your whole life. There are people, right, think about all the people that have suffered in the world, that have had cancer their whole life, that have been deaf and blind and mute and paralyzed. You're going to tell them to their face, hey, listen, man, things are going to get better, Right? People in car accidents that will never move again. Listen, you cannot say anything about things getting better unless you have Christ because there's a future glory that awaits us. There is a life greater than this one that far outweighs this one. That makes this one look like a 2D cartoon. That makes this one look like the drawing on a notepad. It makes it look like trash. And your sufferings don't even compare. So this is what I have to ask you. How do you suffer? How do you go through things as a Christian? Do you run away from God? Do you hide from God? Do you go back to sin? Do you dread suffering? Do you dread preaching the gospel knowing that you'll be mocked, rejected? Do you avoid suffering knowing what will happen and you don't obey God? Or do you participate in it? Do you share? Do you actually take part in what Jesus took part in? Think about that, because that will determine whether or not you're doing God's will. So rejoice in suffering. Next, I want to talk about is suffering for good. Suffering for good. If we can go to 1 Peter 4.15. You see, a lot of us, we suffer, but we suffer for bad reasons, okay? We suffer for bad reasons. We're mean people. A lot of you guys are mean in this place. I'm just kidding. You guys are all, a lot of you are nice. Some of us may be mean. And we may be thinking, people don't like me because I'm Christian. No, people don't like you because you're mean. You may suffer because you smoke weed and you get in trouble all the time. And you're high and you get caught up with the cops. And they're like, free my homie Ray J. Listen, Ray J suffering for a good reason. He broke the law. Christ ain't going to come out and save him like that. He needs to repent. He ain't going to break him out of jail. This is the whole thing. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or a thief or even any other kind of criminal or even a meddler. So this is the whole thing. If you suffer, let it not be because you hate people. Because Christ said if you hate people, it's murder. 
Let it not be because you're stealing. Let it not be because you're doing bad things. If you suffer for being a, a potty mouth little girl or a little boy, that's your fault. That's your fault. If you suffer for being a jerk, that's your fault. If you suffer for being uh, angry all the time, that's your fault. This passage is not talking about that. This passage is talking about if you suffer, right, you'll be blessed, but only if you're suffering for good. If you suffer for good. So if you come to Elevate, right, and you're like, man, I'm suffering, I'm going through things, before you blame Jesus and you're like, man, why, do I, why can't I rejoice? Look to your own life. Are you suffering for evil? Are you doing bad things and suffering for it? Because we are called to suffer for good. We are called to suffer while doing good. And this is the thing. Why do we suffer, first of all? Why do people not like Christians or like Christ or want you to follow Jesus? Some of us may be that person that we get mad when our friend gets closer to Jesus. If you go to 1 Peter 4, verse uh, 4 through 5, everybody say, suffer for good. You see, people are surprised. You know, earlier, we should not be surprised. People get angry at us for following Jesus, preaching the gospel, telling them they're in sin, and repenting and telling them the love of God. Don't be surprised if they hate you. Don't be surprised if they spit in your face. Don't be surprised if they threaten to hurt you. That's just going to happen. But this is when people, this is when they're surprised. They're surprised that you do not join them in the reckless, wild living and they heap, they heap abuse. They throw abuse on you. They throw insults your way. But they will have to give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. So don't be surprised when they're surprised that you don't do what they do. What they do. You don't do the way you used to do before. You live different. Don't be surprised when they get angry about that. Some of you right now, you're the salty person. Your friend, she brought you, he brought you to elevate, and they're starting to live like Jesus, and you're mad. So you know what you hit them up? You hit them up smoking weed, doing drugs, saying, okay, come through. I'm telling you right now, there's a judge for you. There's a judge who's going to judge you, and you can't even escape him by dying. That means if it gets so bad in your sin that you commit suicide, you still face the judge. So here, this is the whole thing. They may be mad, they may reap insults, they may heap insults at you, but you don't get angry at them still. Because that's not your business. That's between them and the Lord. The God, God will judge them. So people do not like you following Jesus. And that's why people cause us to suffer. We have different views than them. We think homosexuality is a sin. We think abortion is wrong. We don't speak like we got no manners. We have a decent life and we try to love others no matter what. We don't curse people out. We don't do drugs. We tell people when they're wrong and they need Christ. People really like that. People really dislike that one. So this is the whole thing. If you're suffering for doing good, preaching the gospel, living holy, your household, you're, you're facing, your, your mom's mad at you because you're following Jesus. Your dad's mad at you for following Jesus. Your brothers and your sisters. Listen, you bless them. You move on. You let God deal with them. And this is the type of uh, suffering we're talking about from people who don't like the character of Christ. It's not that they don't like you as a Christian. They don't like Jesus. 
When you suffer for being a Christian, it has nothing to do with your personality. It has nothing to do with your, 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 your like of anime, your like of sports, your like of, of talking like a Chicagoan. Your, your culture it has nothing. It has to do with your character. Because your character now looks like Jesus. And people don't like Jesus. So when you suffer for living like Christ, bless them because guess what you're doing? You're participating with Christ. You're living like Jesus. So there is a reason for suffering. Suffering by the hands of others is to get you to be more like Christ. That's the reason. That's the reason you are going through things as a Christian to be more like Christ. People are mocking you. People are persecuting. People are talking to you to, be, well, first of all, because you look like Christ, but they're also here to test you. They're testing you. So this is the whole thing. No matter what, you continue to bless them. You continue to pray for them. You continue to live like Jesus. So why, and this is my question to you. I want to stay on this for a little bit. I want to look at every one of you, right? Why are you so quick to suffer for doing evil instead of doing good? I mean, think about it. You do something bad. You say something bad. You're going to go through something anyway. You're going to suffer for it. You break the law. Why do criminals break the law instead of doing good? Isn't that, like, they're going to suffer for it. They could do good and suffer for it, or they can do evil and suffer for it. You're going to get in trouble for smoking weed anyway. Why not not smoke weed, read the Bible, pray, love Jesus? You're going to get in trouble for talking to that girl that way. Why not just not talk to her, preach the gospel, suffer for that instead? Why do the bad thing at school, cussing out the teacher, disobeying the rules, right? Making fun of your, 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 uh, the kid that no one talks to. Why do that and suffer for it instead of doing good and suffering for that? It makes no sense, but some of us don't even think about that. We're quick to do whatever our flesh, whatever sin leads us to do, instead of thinking about it, let me suffer for good. Let me be like Jesus here. If we oh, go to uh, 1 Peter 4.16. 1 Peter 4.16. So this is the whole thing. We are to rejoice in suffering. We are to actually ha be happy in suffering. And then while we're suffering, we're, just supposed to, we're supposed to do good. And we only suffer because of the good we've done. Again, I'm talking about that at the hands of others. And this is the whole thing, right? However, if you suffer as a Christian, everybody say, as a Christian, not as a Muslim, not as an atheist, not as some pothead, not as some loudmouth, annoying meddler, right? A meddler is a gossiper, someone who gets in someone's business when they're not supposed to. Yes, if you suffer for that, that's your fault. The Bible says that. If you suffer for anything other than a Christian, right, this does not apply to you. But if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed. That means if people make fun of you in crowds, in crowds. I remember one time Lawrence, he went up to a group of dudes, right? And they were talking about basketball, drugs, all that. And then he came up to them. He started preaching to them. I'm telling you, I've never, the roast session lasted so long. They started going at him, mocking him, mocking God, mocking the church, mocking him, calling him names. He kept preaching. He kept preaching. He kept going until there was two people left, and they started to receive the gospel. You see, you do not be ashamed when they start to call you lame. Why don't you do sports anymore? You're going to do a Christian club instead of sports? Why are you wasting your high school years? 
How many times are you going to hear that as a Christian club leader? How many times are you going to hear that as a Christian? You're wasting your youth. You're stupid. You're an idiot. But do not be ashamed, right? Don't be ashamed of the gospel that has saved you. Do not be ashamed of the calling God has put on your life. Do not be ashamed of the suffering because guess what you're doing? You're living like Christ. You're living like Jesus. As you're being mocked, Jesus was mocked. As you're being hurled insults at, Jesus was hurled insults at. As you're pushed, Jesus was pushed. You see, Jesus suffered, so we should suffer. Period. That's it. No other thing to say. Christ was willing to walk with the cross that weighed probably as much as him, if not heavier, up a hill while being mocked and ridiculed as God in the flesh could have just ended the earth right there. Could have just ended the earth right there. Could have been like, man, I need to start over. Almost like a computer program could have just deleted us. We think we're really that significant? We're dust. We're literally dust. We will suffer. Christ suffered. We can rejoice. We can suffer and still do good while doing good, right? And, and here's the whole thing is that as Christians, as we suffer, right, we don't do anything. We praise God. We praise God. We praise God that we bear that name. Please put that verse back up. We praise God that we're called Christians. See, there's only two passages in the Bible that the word Christian is used. Crazy, right? Only two times, Acts 5 and this, two times. And one of them is talking about joining in the sufferings of Christ. What does it mean to be a Christian? Shout it out, guys. Shout it out. Shout it out like you're actually proud. Shout it out like you're proud of that name. Little Christ. They gave Christians that name to mock them. They gave Christians that name to mock them. Look at this guy. He's a little Christ. He's trying to be like that Savior. That supposedly rose again. What an idiot. He doesn't praise our gods. He's not, he's, he's stupid. He's an ignorant. He's an ignoramus. What is he doing? Let's throw stones at him. Let's put him on a burning stake. That's what they did. They would burn them. What do you think Roman candles are called Roman candles for? Because they would burn Christians in Rome. They would burn Christians in Rome. They were Roman candles. Wake up, guys. Christians suffer. Everyone suffers. But as a Christian, you are like Christ. You are rejoicing in your suffering. You praise God. When they mock you, you don't mock them back. You praise God. When they insult you, you don't insult them back. You praise God. When they call you lame and they exclude you from things and they talk behind your back and they laugh at you and they snicker and they gossip and they slander you don't do anything but you praise God and continue to preach. That's it. Because guess what? You don't bear your name anymore. You bear the name of Christ. We bear the name of Christ. We are Christians. So in suffering, who are we to be like? In suffering, who are we to be like? We're not to be like your mom. We're not to be like your dad, your friends, your uncles, your cousins who tell you, man, if someone talks to you, slap them in the face. Put them in their business. We don't respond like the world. We're sent into the world. We don't respond like it. We have to be like Christ. If you go to Romans 8, 13, please. If you guys could all stand up and if I can have Stephanie come up. 
Actually, go to Romans 6.13, please. Because here's the whole thing. Actually, I, sorry, go back to 1 Peter 4, verse 13. This is what I want you guys to understand. You're suffering, right? There is an end to it. There is an end to it. I cannot promise you it's this life. But it says, be rejoiced in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed with his glory when his glory is revealed. There's two different, rejo- There's two different bits of joy right there. It says, rejoice and overjoyed. You'll rejoice now. You have to actually rejoice. You got to be like, man, this sucks, but I praise you, God. Man, this sucks. This hurts. My friends abandoned me. My friends did this to me, but I praise you, God. Man, I am going through a lot, God. Ever since I became a Christian, my mom looks at me different. Things are happening to me, but I praise you, God. You see, but there will be a time when you don't even have to rejoice. You will be full of joy within the presence of joy, praising the God of joy. You will be overjoyed. You see, you don't have to, you don't have to, you know, blast your music for 30 minutes to feel better in, 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 in heaven with Christ. When we resurrect, you don't have to do that anymore. It says so that you may be overjoyed. You rejoice now so that later you'll be overjoyed. You'll have so much joy in the resurrection. This amount of suffering that you're going through, when you preach preach to your friends and they mock you and they laugh at you, it's nothing compared to the joy. You having to give up your sin, you having to abandon your old lifestyle and suffering because of that, Losing out on money, losing out on dreams, losing out on sin, the, the, the chances to, to live a, a pleasurable life. You, that, that right there, yeah, it's nothing compared to the joy that awaits you. It's nothing. The joy of God. Listen, there's no one happier than God. I'm just going to let you know. There's no one happier than God. And yet when we, we, we think we can get happier than God on this earth. I'm telling you right now, you suffer now, rejoice. There is a greater joy waiting for you. There's a greater joy waiting for you. Do not live for the momentary happiness here when there's an eternal joy waiting for you. If I have my altar workers up. So as Christ was willing to suffer, as he was willing to bear the scorn of hatred that was from others that he was trying to save, According to the will of God, so, then sh- so should we. That means if Christ was willing to suffer for the will of God, so should we. So should we. Do we think ourselves better than Jesus? Do we think ourselves better than our Savior? So this is what you do. You rejoice while suffering. You do good while suffering. You give praise to God while suffering. And this is what you should do. This is what you should do as soon as you get home, right? As soon as you get to your, uh, as soon as you enter spring break Saturday, the minute you, you leave Elevate, stop participating in the behavior of people who don't know Christ and start participating in the behavior of Christ. His suffering, his joy. Stop repaying good, stop repaying evil with evil and repay good with evil. I mean, repay evil with good. Start speaking up for righteousness in the gospel. That means if someone's in sin, if someone's living wrong, if someone's cussing, if someone's bullying others, if someone's literally right there, you stand up for the gospel. Do not be ashamed of what happens. And then praise God when you are persecuted after. And praise God when you're not. 
So this is what I want to do. I want to have an altar call, and I want you guys to be honest, but then I also want you guys to also receive prayer. I want all the student club leaders to receive prayer, of course, because this message is relevant to you guys. In schools, especially now, we have a mayor. She's black, uh, which is good. She's also gay. She was elected not because really of her policies, because of who she is as a person. And we pray for her. We pray for all our officials. We don't talk bad about them. We pray they be saved. But guess what? She's coming after us first. Right now, many of you guys, you guys are afraid to talk about abortion. You're afraid to talk about Christ. You're afraid to talk about homosexuality. You got friends that are gay, friends that are trans, friends that are going through a transition. Instead of preaching the gospel to them, you just, you're just nice to them. You're just nice to them. You don't want them to be saved from what they're dealing with. Listen, everyone has sinned. Your friend has sinned. The, abort, the woman who wants abortion, everybody has sinned. They need Jesus. But I'm telling you right now, it's going to get a lot harder from now on to preach at your schools, to go to church. There might be a time when this church is shut down because of persecution. We have to go to houses where you still follow Christ. We still follow Christ. So I want to I wanna call up the student, uh, the student leaders first, uh, the student Christian club leaders. But this is for everyone, right? Those who have been participating in the sin with the people they're supposed to preach to, the people that are mocking them, if you've been participating in that sin, this altar call is also for you, right? No one's going to make fun of you. No one's going to do that. So if you've been participating in sin, basically, you're living in sin, not sharing the gospel, you need to come up. And for those who are participating in the sufferings of Christ, preaching the gospel, you come up. So you can receive prayer. You can have strength to suffer like Christ. I'm going to give it time for you guys to respond. I'm going to give it time for you guys to think. Hear what I'm saying. Some of us, we, we, we joined Christianity to feel good. I'm telling you, we don't feel good when people are calling you all those types of names. When people are making fun of you, we don't feel good. It don't feel good to say no to sin. It doesn't feel good to die to yourself and to suffer that way. It doesn't feel good to suffer from the hands of your friends. I had one friend, when I told him I was going to go to Bible college, he looked at me in the eye and he said, Joe B., you're effing stupid. You're effing stupid. What are you doing with your life? Like, it's cool to be Christian, but you can't do that. Later on, he told me, I liked you better when you're depressed. I liked you better when you're angry. You see, are you willing to lose your best friend? Are you willing to lose your boyfriend, your girlfriend? Are you willing to lose the love of your family, of your friends for following Christ? Are you willing to lose your reputation? for suffering, for the sufferings of Christ. Lord God, I thank you, Jesus, that we can actually participate with you, Lord. That we actually can step in the same steps that you took, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you suffered for us, God. By your wounds, we are healed. By your stripes, we are healed. You are pierced for our transgressions. You are wounded for our iniquity, God. Many were our sins. Our sins were higher than a mountain, God. But you, Lord, you cleansed us of all that. You forgave us of all that. You made us new, Jesus. You took our suffering. You took our cross. 
So God, we praise you. We would desire to live for you. I pray, pray, Lord, that you would convict those who are participating in sin, who are living a hypocritical life, who are afraid to be mocked, who are ashamed of the gospel. God, I pray that you would convict them, Lord, for you are not ashamed of us, Jesus. And I thank you for that. You are not ashamed of us. So I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would move, God. Have your way, Lord. And you are, you are a sovereign God, yet you chose to relinquish all that and suffer. Who are we to question what we should go through for your gospel? Have your way, Jesus. Have your way, Lord.